Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, Interim Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the President and CEO of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice, in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Hi, Bill. Welcome back. I've been the globetrotter here lately, so uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, you certainly have been. You've been to Asia, and then what, just at the end of April, you were in New Orleans at the annual Executive War College. So I think we have lots to talk about today. Yeah, as usual, no shortage of things to talk about. That's right. I was in New Orleans for the Executive War College, had the privilege of giving one of the platform presentations there, came home, and then got on a very long plane, two plane rides over to Singapore, actually. Wow. But I spent five days over there. So I just got back this weekend. Well, I'm glad you're back and you made it home safely. Well, for our listeners, do you want to talk a little bit about what the Executive War College is and what kinds of things you heard while you were there? Yeah, I'd love to. For those who haven't attended the Executive War College, it's kind of an interesting name. It's actually hosted by the Dark Report, which is a periodical publication that many people are familiar with. It's by Robert Michelle. It focuses kind of on the business of laboratories. And so the Executive War College then really is focused on the business of laboratories and what are some of the trends that are that we're seeing and that we should be aware of as all of the people that work in the laboratory. So it was a great meeting. I haven't been in about five years. It was extremely well attended, I think, showing the interest in laboratories. And there were a lot of people, lab managers and others, as you might expect, and pathologists and laboratorians, but also a lot of people from other industries, from the pharma industry, from diagnostic manufacturing from data and analytics that were there as well, I think really reflecting the interest now in diagnostics and the importance of diagnostics. Well, yeah, that's great. It's definitely on everyone's mind these days. I have friends asking me about when they can start doing testing at home. So, you know, that's going to be a hot topic. Of course, there's so much more to diagnostics than at home testing. What were some of the topics that you heard? It's the first big gathering since the pandemic struck and getting really people thinking beyond the pandemic now and what does the future look like. So a lot about just how people responded in the pandemic, what were some of the lessons learned, a lot about the challenges that you and I've talked about already in terms of workforce and burnout and the need for leadership, talk about government and regulatory affairs. Susan Van Meter was there, our, our recent guest on a panel was really good with uh, Friends of Cancer Research, as well as, as AMP and CAP representation, talking about things happening in D.C., particularly around regulation and FDA, I talked about was sort of this the big picture and how as we come out of the pandemic, Mayo Clinic is thinking about diagnostics through a much broader aperture. To your point, thinking about things like direct-to-consumer, thinking about things like the pharma industry. There was someone from the pharmacy industry that was there talking about pharmacies and how pharmacies are now becoming part of the ecosystem of testing. And we know that with test and treat mm-hmm. things. So my main message on my platform then in all this was to say, look, as laboratorians, we have to be thinking not just about our labs and not just about our hospitals or care centers that we work in, but really thinking about diagnostics and what people want out of diagnostics, because it really gets down to the very fundamental thing of, we still need people to really understand how testing works how it's best used to really drive healthcare, and that's us. And so I think thinking more 
open-mindedly about what constitutes a test becomes then really important. Well, that's a great message and a good discussion. Lots of things that we've all been talking about now for quite some time and still some uncertainties. What will the role of commercial organizations, pharmacies, big box store, chain stores, uh, what are they going to play in healthcare? Mail order. And so I think we're going to be seeing a lot of change and it'll be interesting to see what comes out of the coming years. Yeah, for sure. There is a sense that there'll be pretty rapid change. I always go back to that's one of the our trustees actually a long time ago when I had the opportunity to speak with them about a trend that was coming. I was warned that the change that you think is going to happen always takes much longer than you think it will. And I do think that and that was several years ago. And the change that we were talking about still hasn't really happened. So on the one hand, we, we can't be too alarmist, I guess, is a way to put it. But on the flip side is, to your point, we see companies like CVS and Walmart making mm-hmm. major investments in healthcare, particularly primary care, that's going to change things to your point. We don't know how as yet, but certainly in this country, there's a lot of thought and a lot of investment and a lot of people outside of healthcare that are thinking about healthcare. And a lot of them are starting with diagnostics, which will impact us for sure. Well, I think the big point you're making here is that it may not happen tomorrow. If you've been talking about this for years, and of course I've been hearing about it as well, but I think for our listeners, we all need to be aware that these things are on the horizon. We don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but our our role as laboratory leaders is going to be to be aware of that landscape and also understand what our role is and how we can continue to provide our expertise on testing, which is really, we know the tests, we are the subject matter experts on the tests and their performance characteristics. And so we need to be at the table as all of these changes are unfolding. That's right. And just watch, just pay attention, read things that you might not normally read. The dark report's a great one. I look at Becker's a lot. Becker's has now a lab specific, but just every day there's interesting stuff in there that if you just scan it, a lot of other Spears Healthcare, others just scan the headlines and just be aware of what's happening around us. Because to your point, it's important that we think about it. It's important that we have a voice in, in these different areas. Well, that's great for kind of a local update, but I'm interested to hear about your travels to Asia and what you're seeing with the international market in healthcare and laboratory medicine. Yeah, well, first of all, my first time in Singapore, really beautiful country, city-state, very interesting place to be sure, very hot place to be sure. It's down near the equator. I guess I didn't realize it until I spent the time to get there, but it is very interesting. In terms of some of the same themes that we just talked about certainly are playing out internationally as well. To be in Singapore, which is a very advanced country, you know, really has very much a westernized healthcare system. They're thinking about diagnostics in many of the same ways that we've just talked about. But of course, they sit as sort of the, I don't want to say the crown jewel, but certainly a country in Southeast Asia that the countries around them, including Malaysia, which is literally across a bridge, look to, right, as, as a leader. But then in those countries, the healthcare delivery is much, much different. You know, you have countries like Indonesia, which, you know, we don't think about, but that's 300 million people. I mean, it's a very large country, right, that has a much different level of healthcare infrastructure than, say, Singapore, where you have 300 million people. Really, the governments really want to provide healthcare, don't have the same sort of laboratory infrastructure that a U.S. or Singapore or country in Western Europe might have, a Germany, uh, because even in Europe, we see big differences. 
So then you start to think about what does that mean for those countries? You know, are they going to follow the same path? As they get interested in healthcare and really get interested in laboratories, are they going to follow the same path? Are they going to build labs and hospitals and big things, networks, or are they going to leapfrog? We've talked before about all the tests that have really appeared that can be done at home around infectious disease testing. And you start thinking of markets like that, where it's the spending per capita on healthcare is much lower. Are they going to be interested in big automated systems and labs to do ID testing? Or are they going to be interested in the much less expensive direct consumer or at home or, you know, LFA type of tests that now are very, very available because of all the investment that was made in, in, in manufacturing with the pandemic? It's just interesting to see what will happen in those geographies, because what will happen there will invariably have probably impacts back here at home. Yeah, absolutely. And we really are a global society, as we've said multiple times, and things that happen around the world very quickly, especially in infectious diseases, can pass to other areas of the world. And healthcare is so important in public health, being able to monitor for outbreaks, being able to care for the health of your population. I've done some work in Indonesia, so I'm a little familiar with that area of the world. And I served as a consultant through the American Society of Microbiology to help them stand up their training program and get it up to standards that we have in the United States. So it's always very interesting to travel and learn about the healthcare structure of other countries. Yeah, it's fascinating. And it's really going to be interesting because that part of the world is an area that's really poised for significant economic growth. So what will that mean? And I think that to your point, they'll look to us for help, but then they also will create their own solutions that we will learn from. So right. I think that to your point, we really are a global uh, healthcare society. We should think about ourselves that way. We should think about the opportunities to learn and also the, the impacts that it might have on us. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll have to keep talking about these topics. Very fascinating and uh, always content for us. Yep. And lastly, yeah, I agree. And then one of them will be definitely thinking about digital technologies because that's what's going to make the world a lot smaller. And I think we're going to see yes. a lot of investments. There was talk about that again there in Southeast Asia. And what will that mean for us? That will mean that we're now connected and our knowledge can flow in many different directions. And that will be for everyone's benefit. You know, the story of emerging pathogens much better than I do, but clearly it's something we're going to have to really be cognizant of as we think about, as laboratorians about our responsibility building out sort of the global infrastructure, which might look different in different parts of the world, but really designed to serve people and serve society, protect us from these things is going to be really, really important. Yeah, and the use of that digital technology with cell phone technology is so ubiquitous now. You can go to some of the most remote areas of, say, sub-Saharan Africa, and yet you still see a lot of people with cell phones. Well, you could capture a digital image, send it for a consultation. You could scan a digital image and send it to a, a local reference lab, or you could send it to a lab around the world and get a diagnosis, have an AI algorithm interpret the result. And so... That's going to be a benefit to us all, but it's definitely yep. new opportunities and new challenges with that digital technology that will connect us all. Yep. And new things for us to talk about because certainly Absolutely. everybody in Singapore, I went around a lot of different neighborhoods I like to explore. Everybody has a cell phone, irrespective of what neighborhood I was in. Well, maybe at a future talk, we can talk a little bit more about digital pathology, and then I'll have some exciting news about the work we're doing in my lab. So more to come. Yep. Always more to come. All right. Thanks, Phil. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Look forward to it, as always.
Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday. <laughs>